Blog Talk Radio. You are unmuted. Hello, Chairman. Oh, Wanda. Yeah, I'm a good morning. Uh, good morning, Vanessa. Okay, we can hear you. Nice and clear. Okay. Nice and clear. Uh, global Core Marketing. Good morning. Who is Global Core Marketing? Uh, good morning. This is Yona Shimande. Let me change my name. I apologize. <laughs> Yona. <laughs> Welcome. I'm back already. Yeah, Chairman. Okay. I'm back already. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can hear you. Oh, yes, yes, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. So we can... Okay, we can, we, we can start. Um, our starting point today, Baran Shan. First one hour, I don't know if you were told. First one hour, we are talking about something else. Then the, the topic I'm interested in comes... Uh, oh, okay. I thought it was at, uh, at 9 o'clock. So he comes in at the top of the hour. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. So just be there. Um, okay. Put this phone away. Okay. Let's start the late. Yeah. Zoom is something else. So, man, are we ready? Are we ready, German? Yes. Okay. Before we go, before we go live, please call him. Please call him. Okay, let me join to Facebook Live now. Share in the group page. Jacobina to edit all this stuff on the videos, Chairman. Yeah, uh, this is not going live until now. Mm-hmm. We're about to, yeah, we're about to go live. Okay. Ready, Chama? Mm-hmm. Ready? Okay. We go live. Okay. 
we are live and uh, let's have our our jingle here uh, okay okay that's it so go ahead I'll All right, everybody, good morning. Welcome to Zambia Board Talk Radio. It is March 27th. We are four days before the end of the month. We do thank you for joining us, uh, whichever part of the world you are listening from. Good afternoon, Europe. Good evening, Western Pacific, Australia, Japan, and those in those parts of the world. Good afternoon, Zambia, and like we say in these parts of the world, good morning, America. We do thank you all for joining us. As you can see, we're still trying to jiggle around and uh, <laughs> put out our technical issues. Uh, let me just say, as we begin our show here today, we were supposed to do tourism today, but our guest is in an area in Zambia where there's no, there's no network. Uh, those, we shouldn't speak that language after so many years of independence. We look That's correct. That's a situation where you can be in Mwansawombwe, you can be in Lundazi, Chama, you can be in Gwembe, and you should be able to do anything uh, because that means uh, investors will be looking forward to going to those areas. Now, let me mention here today, before we continue with our today's show and discussion, next week, uh, which is April the 3rd, under the whole month of April, we are going to go political. We're going to have political guests. We'll be discussing political issues. As you all know, August 2021 is Zambia's general presidential and parliamentary elections. So we want to address some of the issues in that area. And our first guest is going to be UPND uh, Secretary General, who has recently been appointed. We're looking forward to that discussion. Then the weekend after that, uh, Roger, everybody listening, there is a new organization that has been formed, Zambian Christian Parliamentarians. So we're going to be talking to the founder of that group, and uh, <laughs> I like your smile. It, I know. It, it speaks volumes. We're going to be speaking to the founder of that organization and a few members, two other members from uh, that organization, Mrs. Felicity Chulu. Uh, MMD candidate for Nari, and uh, possibly Pastor Kangwachileshe, UPND, I believe is a candidate for Kabwata constituency. Um, so that's what will be happening in the month of April, okay? Everybody, we're looking forward to those uh, that show and uh, getting excited about things that will be happening. Okay. Roger, good morning. Welcome, my friend. Okotoks, I don't know what the weather is like there. Uh, you guys like snow and all those things. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's supposed to be warm today, but it's been cold. We went back to winter a few uh, days. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't really know what's going on that time. Um, <laughs> but this is the uh, Alberta. Weather changes like in minutes. Uh, you can have uh, three seasons in one town. There's three seasons. Somewhere mm-hmm. it's raining, somewhere it's sunshine. Somewhere it's cold. <laughs> yeah. Let's, talk, let, let, let's welcome our callers, uh, those listening us to us on our traditional line, the radio, Zambia Block Talk Radio. Dr. Pat, good morning. We want to hear that voice. Yes, finally. We solved our problem. Why should we 
Yama, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you nice and clear. What's that, Dr. Patrick? Okay. Dr. Number? Patrick? Yes, hi, uh, 919. Hi, Dr. Monsanje. They are, or I opened uh, the line. I need to open the line. I just came out uh, of another meeting uh, for a UPND candidate for adoption uh, from Babala constituents. Ah, excellent. How is it going? Well, it was a powerful meeting, uh, but there are issues that are still to be resolved. We don't know whether the current member of parliament is standing. He's going to be going for the third term, but it's okay for parliamentarians. They don't have a, a, a term limit. They can just continue to, to serve. To be MPs until Jesus comes. Yes, but they need to, to be delivering uh, to the community. That's right. And the, the, the very reason, Dr. Monsanje, one of the reasons we are having, we're going to be featuring uh, secretary generals of these political parties. Like I announced in my opening remarks, our guest next weekend, as we begin the month of April, we are going political, Dr. Patrick. Uh, let me hear your voice when you are ready to speak. We are having Secretary General for UPND, and we're looking forward to that discussions, party operations, how they do things, systems, what happened at the convention. We're going to be addressing those issues. So everybody get ready to ask your questions. What strategy do they have to win the 2021 elections and all those things? So we'll be bringing all the political Secretary Generals to the show. Uh, so that they can share with us uh, the vision. That, that's what is going to be happening. Okay. okay. Uh, who else? Uh, can we try Dr. Pat again? Dr. Pat, we want to hear your voice. It's been a while. We, we connected everything. Mashuka Shani, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Uh, my uh, good friend from Malawi is in, so I'm happy about that. And uh, we, we, we see if we can see Malawi from uh, from, from from here. Uh, Serena, if, if if you have uh, trouble joining with the video, uh, just go ahead and join us. Join with your your voice. We know our continent has still got to to work on to work on this. Let's see if we can see you. There you are. Okay. So, hello, Serena. <laughs> good to have you. Yeah, good to have you. Okay. So, we're now going to go full swing. That's our, our show. Uh, today, we're going to be uh, remembering our former president of Tanzania. And the way we remember in Zambia, Serena, we start with a, a song. So we are going to go ahead with the song, and from there, we'll bring you uh, live uh, to do the discussion. We want to ask the powerful words which we have spoken, Nathan, by mm. President, is it President Chikwela, the President of Malawi? Mm. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's do that, and then when we come back on the other side, uh, we are going to have Serena in Malawi to tell us what's going on uh, in that country.
can hear the voice there. Really? Yes. Serena, uh, if you can uh, open your your and mute your, it means I'm looking for uh, Nathan. Help me, help me interpret that song for Serena here. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, she she says she 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 didn't hear the song. You see her message. Oh, she didn't hear the song. No. Okay. So that is um, uh, that is okay. She didn't hear and so. But um, let's hear your voice. Uh, can you unmute your mic? Can you unmute unmute your mic? If you are speaking, we can't hear you. Okay, uh, Patricia, and they were welcome. From I can't hear anything. Oh, she can't hear anything. You can hear me, Chairman. Yes, I can. Okay. So, uh, right. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome, Patricia. Uh, actually, uh, right to Serena Chairman, uh, so she can shut down the. the the phone or the computer, so she, she can start. She can start all over again. But Patricia, a chance. I was very impressed. Eh, so they know to go to me to share a session with Sana. To go to me to side by security to jam the other side of our president. Ah, to share an issue for which to take a Korea. Um. In my view, I would say it is progressive. social media cyber security. And the and Ali Yung Fa is no that's him signing for himself. He's signing to be it'll <laughs> I like that he's signing for himself. Eh? Oh what do you mean? 
Again, it won't be present, you know, because all the things between all of them. Uh, mm. Okay, I like that. Got a very good thing about Musaib, but you 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 are very right. I am a fool. Um, countries sign nothing when they are in power. They forget that they, these laws will affect them when they are out of power. Uh, that, that surprises me. So let's uh, let, let, let's see if the leader is uh, can hear us uh, now. The audio is uh, the audio is, is, is connecting. Um, otherwise, yeah, it, it's true what you have said that Selena is connecting. It's like in Georgia where the what the Republicans have done. They think they are making it difficult for the people okay. of color or Democrats. <laughs> they are basically yeah. do, doing it to their own people as well. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. There is death there, they are in trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Selena, can you can you hear us? Yes, now I can oh, hear you. Wonderful, wonderful. Now Thank put on you. your Oh you wanna quit you. Now like a manga, but like a manga. Oh, <laughs> you know that I don't even pay attention to her last name. I just see Patricia. No, 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 I'm Selena, welcome. Yes. Yeah, uh, we, we brought you here with someone due to Zander Block Corporation. First and foremost, you are the best friend of the, of the, yeah. the radio. Roger, tell the people who Selena is. They don't know. Yeah, I like that. Uh, me, I'm very bad with things like that. So Serena is a journalist in Malawi. <laughs> Serena is a, a, a journalist in, uh, in, uh, in Malawi. And uh, we've had her on the show last year. I don't know if it was uh, last year, uh, talking yeah. about the elections uh, in, in Malawi. But this time, they are part of president. Um, what is his name? Chukwera. Am I right? Lazarus Chukwera. Chakwera, Lazarus Chakwera, president of uh, Malawi. You shared a very powerful speech uh, at the funeral of uh, uh, the late president Mangufuli of Tanzania. Uh, we want to hear from Serena Natan. If uh, those words uh, can match up with the actions uh, in, the, in the country uh, of, um, of Malawi. Uh, but let's start with Serena by saying, uh, how are you and how is Malawi? I'm fine. Malawi is good. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going towards the end of the rainy season. You know, oh, Zambia. there's plenty of fresh maize, pumpkins <laughs> and all that that you, you would want. Otherwise, um, yeah, we are all struggling with the COVID-19. But mm-hmm. now we are almost picking ourselves up. The numbers are going down. But we are not taking any chances. We're still sticking to the preventive measures, though it's really tough for the local guys in the rural areas, um, and especially those who have to live hand to mouth and have to go out every day to look for money for food. Um, you find that most of them are not even following those those measures. So all in all, it's, it's looking good, but not good that good that would want us to be uh, to be very comfortable. 
Yeah. Yeah. On the COVID, on the COVID, Selena, what is the, I mean, in terms of, are you on partial lockdown as the economy opened up or you're on complete lockdown? What's the situation? Uh, in, in January, we had um, a national, I mean, a state of disaster, but it was a partial lockdown where it was just basically scaled, scaling down of operations. Um, companies were asked to, I mean, to work in shifts so that people are not congested mm-hmm. and uh, all that, but it wasn't lockdown. Um, right now, we are not in lockdown. We are not even in partial lockdown. It's business as usual but just ensuring that we are taking preventive measures. So gatherings, funeral gatherings, they shouldn't mm. go beyond 50 people. Whether it's a wedding, it shouldn't go beyond 50 people. Um, pubs, clubs, they are open until 8 p.m. They have to close at 8 p.m. So I wouldn't call it a... Uh, but for the past few weeks, I wouldn't say we are even in partial lockdown. It's, it's, it's more or less like usual the usual way before COVID uh, uh, came in. But huh? we still have offices that are observing that. Okay, how are the numbers like infections? Uh, I even had to ask deaths. Uh, is uh, one of the challenges that has happened is that there, there, there is the issue of African countries, governments not uh, wanting to be transparent about the actual statistics. What's the situation in Malawi? I must say that we, we in Malawi haven't experienced the secrecy around COVID-19 numbers. Of course, when we, when we first registered um, the COVID-19 case, that was in 2020 in March. Uh, but by then, there was the, the former president, and it was more or less like uh, the political scene was that hot that people were trying to campaign and we saw that they were dilly-dallying in terms of coming up with the figures, exact numbers, mm-hmm. because they didn't want to stop the campaign. Because what, 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 what the figures meant is that we needed to, you know, put a stop at these gather, large gatherings. So the then uh, DPP government thought if they give out all that information, probably we might have to lock down the country. Uh, but now it's open. Actually, mm. government only gets those figures from the experts in, in health, okay. the task force mm. that they have. So, yeah, we have all the figures that we need, the infection rates, uh, the death rate, and the, all that. Mm. So I'll say we have been quite open with the figures. Okay, wonderful, Serena. Uh, our main discussion today, anyway, uh, is uh, the speech. I don't know if you saw it. You were privy to that uh, speech. Um, what was your um, can you reflect on the speech your president uh, gave uh, it was well received I think across uh, across Af- Africa uh, was that for real like our president would say something and everyone else in our country would look somewhere else uh, was that for uh, for real was that welcome a message you get um, I'll, I'll say that uh, one thing for sure is that our president, Jaquera, is a good orator. I think mm-hmm. with his background as, um, as a pastor, so he's yeah. used to, you know, public speaking. He's a very good public speaker. 
and he has with him a team of people that work with him that are very good, you know, writers and orators as well. So the delivery was really good. But when it comes to matching up the weights and the actions, we are yet to see because um, I'm on. excuse me for that. Uh, because, uh, because now what is happening is uh, there are people that still feel since Jaguera came into power, he hasn't done what he said he wanted to do. I mean, one of the things that he promised to do was to clear the rubble. In clearing the rubble, he said corruption, corrupt mm. people rubble. have to go, mm. have to go. But up to now, you know, we still find that the people that were probably employed in the government state-run companies are still there. And we are asking what's going on. Can we match the words with the action? We can only hope that um, that speech uh, translates into action. But uh, not to yeah. take away everything from him, they mm. have really tried to, to implement some yeah. of the, the issues that they wanted to. Uh, but we are still monitoring them. They are less than a year into, into power. Um, I think when, when Chakwera came into power, one thing that uh, also stood out is that Malawi and Tanzania uh, in the past they had the um, issues concerning the lake, who's the owner of the lake and the, the boundaries, whatever. But since Magufuli and Chakwera, the first president he visited was the Magufuli. And we started seeing that, okay, now our relation with the Tanzania is improving. It's mm -hmm. not adversary. And the, uh, the doors for dialogue was open. Uh, it was unlike the former president, uh, uh, it Kikwete, who mm. had, um, um, you know, a militant sort of approach with the regards to the issue of the lake, Lake Malawi here, and the, there they call it Lake Nyasa. Uh, when you look at the boundary, it's seamless. You can really not tell where we start, where it ends, but we have always coexisted in terms of you know, who gets access to the lake, how we use it. But uh, Kikwete came in and said we need to put the boundaries. So there was a, a little bit of hostility, but with Magufuli, we saw that I think the the, the duration was improving and he, he gave out uh, that, you know, open the door for dialogue. The, again, going back to the, uh, to the speech, you say, uh, you, you are yet to see. Because what we saw, if you, uh, you are part of social media uh, people, Mangufuri, when he came, we even, they even created what would Mangufuri do? Because of yeah. some of the things he, he did in the first month. Uh, first, so, uh, are we seeing, is it in Bemba? Nothing? Yeah, in Bemba they say, meaning uh, someone who is going to hold you uh, there are some signs uh, they will show. So are you saying, Serena, here, he has, I, I mean, I don't know, six months he's been in power, he hasn't shown you anything uh, the, which resembles the way he spoke in Tanzania. He has, like I said, he has. We have people who have been fired. We have cases that are going in court for people who um, were involved in corrupt practices. Okay. Uh, one of the prominent, prominent cases uh, is one of the former president, Peter Mtalika's bodyguard, personal bodyguard, mm. um, Chisari, who 
had bought during the five years they were in power, he had bought over 85 cars, 85 personal cars <laughs> that are registered in his name. And he had a lot of money and he was using, you know, the presidents have um, the privilege to import goods. Some of them will come in for free. And he was using that spin for the president for, to, to, to import stuff for his personal businesses. So now, like uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago it should be, um, mm. the court has seized all his property. They have frozen the accounts of Peter Mtadika. They have frozen the accounts of the, the personal bodyguards. And there are a lot of other people that are now have cases in court because of corruption involved. And mm -hmm. we are also seeing our ombudsman, which is the public pro protector, um, really getting hard on people in terms of recruitment, looking at how someone was recruited, if there was any political interference. So, so far within these months that Chakwera has been in power, we have seen action, but we are still saying maybe we could have had more action than okay. what we have now, but it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, no, I'm happy a little bit. I'm happy a, a, a little bit before uh, Nathan comes in. What, what was um, your own personal reflection on uh, uh, this man we remember today, Mangufuli of, of Tanzania, as a journalist? Okay, my personal perspective is uh, anyone, for me, anyone who puts Africa um, as their number one priority gets my, my vote. I, I immediately like that person. Any person who says Africa first, I mean, I would, I would definitely give them their, my, my vote. But um, I'm also cognizant of the fact that um, we cannot just say Africa first and end there. We have to also understand that we live in this global village. And for instance, COVID has shown us that this is not a national thing or an, an African thing only. It's a global issue. Mm -hmm. How it has affected U.S. has got an effect on how Tanzania transacts its business, how the people in Tanzania live. Therefore, you cannot live carelessly in Tanzania and expect the rest of the world to be okay. You know, we, are, we have businesses across the country. Our borders are open. You know, in Africa, our borders are very porous. So we needed to protect people. I think the only thing that I would not score Magufuri on is the fact that um, he tended to, to, I mean, contravene the laws just to get to what he wants. Yes, they, he was more of the end justifies the means. I was not comfortable with that, say, okay, he had some dictatorial tendencies that you mm. have to do this my way or the highway. I mean, not, that's, that's one thing I didn't like about him. But yeah. all in all, he brought development to Tanzania, changed the, you know, Tanzania the, the way we used to know it. But that came at a cost of people's human rights being trampled on. And that's, um, I wouldn't say development has to go uh, uh, together with the people's rights being respected. There are several journalists who have been arrested in Tanzania. Mm. There are people who can't even speak freely. I know a colleague who runs a blog in Tanzania, but runs it under a name of a colleague in, in Zimbabwe, just to, you know, to circumvent Magufuli, not to be um, uh, taken to court. So 
I, I, I didn't like that part where people didn't have so much freedom because of him saying it's my way or the highway. But mm. all in all, he was a Pan-African. He wanted to see Africa develop. He wanted Africans to solve their own problems. Yeah. Serena, they seem to be, what you, are, what you have said about Magufuli is, there seem to be that common feature or characteristic about African leaders. Uh, no matter how good they come out to be, there's that little dictatorial tendency that seems always to come out. What would you attribute that to? Um, I think so far my, my, my own observation of, of that is uh, most of uh, our leaders, or I would say Africans in general, we feel shortchanged by the, the West, um, you know, so they tend to say they want to protect mm -hmm. their own or, you know, more or less like we don't want to have the, the, the former colonialists coming back, but maybe the approach is the one that is not uh, right. Because I, I, I still feel like it's really not necessary for them to be dictatorial in this age, uh, democracy can bring mm. out the development that they want. People can people still listen to the leaders in democracy. I mean, you don't have to tell them, you don't have to whip people into line to doing things. Um, I think that's where they miss it uh, in terms of trying to achieve things and the way they try, they do it, the approach, the mm -hmm. procedures are, are just not, not okay. And then there's issue of power because they want to be feared. It's yes. that notion that a leader has to be feared that makes them dictators. But a, a leader shouldn't be feared. It should be respected. That's true. That's my, my opinion. Yeah, Roger, one more thing, uh, Selena, on uh, the, the, there's this, I don't know, rumor going around that uh, his death is a suspect. Um, what information do you have? Where do things stand now as far as what the cause of death is? Uh, the official one is that he's died of heart complications. From what I know from uh, colleagues there, and the, I also happen to have some relations in, in Tanzania, very close mm. relations. And the, you are everywhere. Know, yeah, we are every, I'm everywhere. <laughs> and those, those relations were also close to, to, to Magufuli's party, you know, in a circle. And they, they said, you know, Magufuli has had a heart problem since okay. college time when he was there, he was in school. So they've been, in, it's an issue that he, I, I think every Tanzanian knew that he, Magufuli had a heart problem. But the, the, the way the, the people now, we tend to be confused with the fact that probably the heart problem came at a time of COVID-19 and we all know that Magufuli was a COVID-19 denialist. And most of the inner circle of Magufuli had died of COVID. Mm. Yeah? Almost yeah. like four or five ministers dying of COVID. Wow. And then the rumor started like, okay, so if people that surround him have died from COVID, definitely he might have also contracted COVID-19. But the official version is that he's died of a, a, a heart problem. And I think people still don't believe that. Um, Maybe only a few Tanzanians still believe it's a heart problem, but there are people who still say, no, it wasn't, he has died 
of COVID um, and the opposition leader, is it Tisu, Tanzanian opposition leader, has yes. been openly saying it on Twitter, tweeting about Magufuli has died of COVID-19. Oh, wow. So because we have to go with the official version, we're saying he's died of a heart problem because that's what they problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Let, let's check with our colleagues on the radio side. Alan, good morning. Dr. Pat, uh, that's the way. Do you have a question for Selena on Mangufuri? Thank you, Vanessa, and you already covered my question. I just wanted to the journalist to address the issue about uh, his uh, long-term uh, uh, health problem. And uh, I'd just like to encourage the journalists to keep, you know, uh, the president accountable on the health, you know, uh, because look at now what it's uh, putting us through. And uh, we don't want to be guessing, but uh, thank you for addressing that uh, part of uh, uh, my concern. Thank you. Alan, good morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Nathan. Uh, Hello. Good Good morning, Nathan. Good morning, uh, everybody. Um, good morning, people in, still in Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, you, you know, they saw that a view uh, of, of things we had to get in the U.S., and they didn't tell us the, the, the fine print that you have to work. The milk and honey may be there, but you have to work. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, it, for, for me, um, I enjoy, I'm enjoying listening to her because you have uh, a perspective of somebody that's living on the ground uh in malawi mm -hmm. in this case but in africa and how they observe even what's been happening with uh mangufuri and all that so it's a question of one thing that she said that we um appreciate what he's done but at the expense but not at the expense of freedoms of other people mm. and um I, I maybe you know we, we see what his next term ends up in maybe it was necessary to to put things in order and do what Mangufuri did and, and laying a foundation. But w going forward, how do we ensure that the next president doesn't begin to trample on the uh, rights of other people and he's still able to fulfill his job of developing the country? You know, that, those are questions that we really have to answer everywhere else because when you are in office like Roger, you said earlier, or somebody said earlier, I think it was Patricia or someone said, when you are in office, you want to do things that are going to harm the opposition, but what happens when you're the opposition leader? But it shouldn't even be like that. That's why Africa must work hard at developing systems that will protect human rights, but also protect the, the public coffers and, and development so that people cannot come in and slander. We cannot rely on the goodwill of an individual. It must be systems that will stop you, whether you, are, you had bad intentions or good intentions, the systems will keep you uh, moving the country forward. Thank you. Did you just crack the mirror? Okay, wonderful, wonderful there. Um, yeah, my, I, I was a very uh, strong supporter for my foolish Serena uh, on my radio, and my friends actually warned me uh, this man might say. I, what he surprised me was uh, he was not a team player. 
um, imagine if he was a team player and the kind of discipline he had. Uh, I, I think uh, others could have benefited, um, but uh, here we here we are. Um, may he so uh, rest uh, in peace. Uh, Selina, any last words? Uh, thank you, and uh, please be available. We really need to be connecting, like uh, Brother Alan has said, uh, taking perspectives from different countries. It really helps, it really helps. Thank you, Selina. Uh, that's your last word uh, before we let you go. Uh, thank you for having me, and yeah. um, I, I think I would, I would urge that your program, this program, is really, really important in the, the fact that we involve a lot of people from different corners of Africa sharing their experiences is quite, quite interesting. Uh, my spirit right now is with my colleagues in Tanzania. Yeah. Uh, when we heard of the death of Magufuli, I was the first person trying to get in touch with them to confirm and they basically told me in my inbox, sorry, we can't give you information, Selena, because this will land us into trouble. I remember tagging one of my colleagues on Twitter and say, is it true that Magufuli is sick? She did not respond on the Twitter. She had to send me a direct message. Say, sorry, I cannot say anything on there. Um, and even one of my aunties who is in the Chama Chama Pinduzi party said, no, 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 my niece, just shush. Shush, don't say anything. You, you land us in trouble here. Um, my prayer going forward is that we will have Africa being free and open. I'm an advocate for media freedom. I mean, the only way we can hold our leaders accountable is when people know the information. They have the information. And that information helps them to make informed decisions. They cannot make informed decisions a case of Tanzania where the government just is shut down. No one is supposed to say anything about COVID. And people didn't even know how to prevent it, and people were dying. So, yeah, I hope we'll have media freedoms all over Africa to let our people be informed and make informed decisions from them. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Serena. Yeah, so uh, for some reason, your, 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 your sound was like you are in my backyard here. Thank you so much, Selina. That is uh, Selina Kowani uh, from, uh, she told us last time she was in Blantyre, nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, she's very, very strong, very, very strong there. You see how smart our people are? <laughs> very, mm -hmm. very, very smart. Yeah. 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 How are we doing with uh, the radio guys? Uh, oh, the radio is good. Uh, it's a it's a full house here. I think this yeah. is uh, Mr. Um, the name has slipped my mind. <laughs> yes, we have we have Dr. Monsanje there. Alan, you've heard him. Uh, Indiana, is this uh, is this is this no? No one calls on different numbers. Dr. Pat, can you hear us? Okay. Um, the next item with Brother Alan is, uh, is here, uh, which we want to look at is um, our 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 government is under socialist ban on onion uh, importation. Um, you, I don't know, Nathan, if we are able to mute the, the radio line and then mute it whenever we want them. 
Yes. Because to bring those uh, noises. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good Patrick. morning. Patrick. Patrick. How are you today? Not too bad. Who is uh, who's that? Who, who is saying how are you today? That voice was a bit strange. Oh, it's Bunny. 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 Yeah, Bunny. Where are you from? Mulenga. Are you on the radio? Yeah. Okay, Bunny, where are you calling from? Florida. Okay. Uh, oh, Bunny. Nothing. Uh, Bunny Mulenga, Bunny Mwasa, something like that? Mulenga. Yeah. Okay. Um what is happening Nathan, with uh, uh the I, I needed Rakasonso, but for some reason Rakasonso is uh, not here to come and answer this uh question. My my just mute that line uh nothing for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are muted. But when on. Um we are proponents of the Africa Continental Free Trade Area. And you remember that and when they when he came, the mm-hmm. Mr. Mwamba, Yes. He even talked about this issue. Yes, it uh, is. Now, I, I, I wondered how we were able to, to ban the oil. At the same time, we are ratifying that we are in a free trade area. Um, what, what, what necessitated the banning of importation of onions? They were flooding the market. There was too much, there was too much onions, and the price was going down. Yeah. They wanted to protect the, the market in, uh, in Zambia. And... Uh, Protect which market? There's no market to protect you. <laughs> Roger, I know I'm sounding very silly or whatever. <laughs> this is the problem we face, which even Ambassador Mwamba has talked about on this show, and any person in economics or marketing forces, whatever, have said on different fora. Economic Association of Zambia President, we had him here. Yeah. Okay? Remember, I don't. I am one of those who's against that issue of importing fish from China. How are you importing fish from China? How are you importing chicken from South Africa? All those things I do not like, or I do not support. But we know the challenge that we face as a nation. The local people are not able to step up to the challenge. It's one of the Let's say Pamozi Hotel tells you, can you supply a thousand chickens for argument's sake, let's say, every week? We've been told by those on the ground mm. that the people are not able to meet that challenge. So of all things, you go and ban, uh, what do you call it, the importation onion. of onions. Yeah. I would say you ban the importation of fish, you ban the importation of chicken, you ban the importation of the list goes on. And then that's number one. Number two, 
in this era, Ambassador Mwamba said on this forum, in this era of Africa continental free trade area, the issue of banning is gone. Step mm -hmm. up to the plate, period. If you cannot take your fish to Lusaka or Kitwe across the Pedico Road or Chembe, whatever, sell it across the border. Sorry, my Congolese friends. That, sell it across the border. We said that. Patrick is here. Where's Patrick? He talks about uh, regional. Um, I want Patrick to make that statement himself. He used a certain phrase that I liked about creating uh, regional markets. Patrick, what did you say last time about somebody selling something across, when I made the point of uh, selling things across the border rather than worrying, taking them to, to Lusaka? I think if I remember correctly, if I remember the conversation correctly, I said that there should be um, strategic okay. distribution centers there you go. located um, along the border of, mm -hmm. of countries that are doing business with each other. That will make it easy for merchants um, to get their goods to the distributor so that it then can go into the market in that country, as opposed to bringing it all the way in the country and, and setting up operations to sell itself, which which it can do, but this you know, the uh, strategically located distribution centers that are along routes that are transportation routes that are are, are sound, like sound roads and highways and that kind of thing, will enable merchants or farmers or whoever to take their goods to a certain place and sell them on the market. There is a middleman involved, but it's easier. For, to, to get goods into a country that way, especially for fall, smaller, smaller enterprises and smaller, smaller merchants and farmers and that type of thing. Roger, if you allow me just to push this point with Patrick here. So uh, the, the situation here, Patrick, you, you heard Roger say, the banned importation of onions in Zambia. I think they lifted the ban, Roger. Here's my thinking, Patrick, in view of what you have said, strategic distribution centers. Don't you think those guys, wherever these onions are coming from into Zambia, they realize that the market is flooded where they are, so there's an opportunity in Zambia. Isn't that the reasoning? It may be. I don't know enough about it, but that, mm. that may be the case. It definitely may be the case. But I think when you're talking about setting up markets and you're talking about having free trade zones and that type of thing, these are the type of things that need to be figured out because they need yes. to be a predictable, one of the things, these markets and things that go on need to be predictable. If they're unstable or, you know, they're all over the place, then it's hard for people to invest in them, right? Once they're more stable, once we know that there's going to be a certain amount of produce that's going to, a certain type of produce that's going to be delivered at a certain time to the distribution center, and that's going to take that those into the markets into that country, it becomes easier for me as an investor mm. to then pour money into it because all of the variables are somewhat Very. predictable. Not 100%, but they're, they're stable and it's yes. predictable. So now I can invest. Yeah. But then, Patrick, how is that uh, free trade? Uh, if we say free trade, it has to be free trade, uh, like when we talk to the ambassador. It has to mean free movement of the people. 
Yeah, the the Europeans when they open up their um, when they open up their, their market, they, are, they they open up within the border. They didn't say people should go to their to their border and do trade at the at the border. They, it was open. It is open. It is open. There is no way you are going to um, uh, say you are selling only at the, at the border. In the United States, there are reasons why they can predict certain things. There are reasons why they have certain regulations and rules. Okay. They need to stabilize these markets. Just because you have free trade doesn't mean you have unorganized trade. Mm. That's a very critical point right there. Yeah. Uh, Nathan. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's true, Roger. Roger. It needs to be organized. because that's And basically, sorry to say, I think that's the challenge we face back in the motherland. We put things on paper. We hold conferences, forums, and we make the announcement. But the actual implementation is where I think the challenge is. It's not yeah. organized. Yeah, it's not organized. But uh, one of the, the things, uh, what is his name? Uh, Dangote uh, says, smaller mm-hmm. country, step up. This is now the opportunity for you to have an advantage in big markets like South Africa. You can go and sell your produce. Instead of shutting down, start producing more. This is to your advantage. And, and another thing that any country can do, even you know, merchants and farmers in smaller countries, mm-hmm. is that they can start you know, um, manufacturing finished goods. You know, differentiate yourself by, by, by having finished food goods and start selling those, right? Um, takes a bit more investment, but it can be done. Yes, it can. You see, the point also you are making, Roger, about small countries, this is where I wanted the, our guest uh, on, uh, uh, what do you call it, tourism, to come and address Right. The issue of uh, the tourism market in Africa. You see, um, like the language we are using now is that you have a market of 1.2 billion people. One of the things this gentleman posted on his Facebook page I saw is they discovered, I wanted him to come and tell us exactly which part of Zambia they discovered a cave, a rock, where ancient people used to live in there. You know those things we used to learn in history? Mm-hmm. They are writings on the wall. I mean, if you put that thing and market it properly, it will attract people. They will come and see it. My question was going, my question on tourism is, what has Egypt, Kenya, and Tanzania done which we need to learn from them as far as tourism is concerned? You see? Yeah. Just because the pyramids are there doesn't mean people go there because there is something that Egypt is doing which we need to learn. Okay? We know Tanzania is Kilimanjaro and uh, going up to the summit. Come on. Clotilda, my sister, you support me here. Just because there's Kilimanjaro mountain there which we learned about in geography, there's something the Tanzanians are doing which we are not doing. Like you are saying, Dangote said, about the small countries. Now there's nothing like you're a small country or whatever. 
if you can take the product to Ilongwe, to Nairobi, to Accra, sell them across to Nigeria. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe I need to start a consulting company on that. So, Patrick, the next uh, discussion we're going to look at is um, investing in cryptocurrency. We just want to find out uh, a few things. You had told me last time you have uh, some big guys who need to come on radio. Please uh, be prepared to, to bring them. Today we'll start uh, yeah, a, a small discussion. It's time to find out what is going on, as Donald Trump is, uh, would, would say. Uh, with, um, so we're going to transition here. Uh, we hope uh, our friends in the radio, uh, whenever they, they want to say something, um, nothing you can see. Um, the radio, the switchboard and you can uh, uh, allow them in. So let's transition here to uh, investing in cryptocurrency. Once at the end of the day, at the end of this hour, um, be a computer, uh, for you to open your computer and uh, start to invest. You only need even one dollar uh, <laughs> start to invest in uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, Brother Yona, um, Brad is here. A young man with I don't know what he's put on his chin, uh, but we tease him all the time. So we'll find out here. Uh, let's transition, and when we come back after um, uh, a short commercial, whatever it is, uh, we'll be talking about uh, investing in cryptocurrency. <laughs> Welcome back uh, to Sunday Block Talk Radio. My name is uh, Roger Charlie here in uh, warming up uh, Okotox. And um, let's see who is uh, here. Where is Yona? Yona is supposed to join us as well. Uh, yes, I'm right here. Okay. Are you able to come live or you want to hide? Uh, yeah, sure. Some reason we can't, uh, we can't see. <laughs> yeah. Brian, how are you doing? How is Delaware? <laughs> Doing doing great here. Delaware is uh is warming up and uh you know, things are getting better. So yeah. we're doing good. We're doing good. Is Delaware supposed to be my home state? Yeah, you're, you're the you're the chief. You're the chief. <laughs> <laughs> my home state. I am just I'm just sitting in. So Yeah, I'm sitting in. 
I always, for, for some reason, all my reference points when they are supposed to be in Zambia, they are reference to Delaware. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. So, guys, uh, you know, where are you going now? Where are you? For some reason, I can't see you on the other screen. I can see you on the other one. I want to bring you in. Okay, there you are. Um, oh. Where are you, Yon? Uh, I'm in Dallas, Texas. Okay. I was not thinking of a different Yon uh, actor. I was thinking oh. of the guy in... Uh, what is Nathan in... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Las Vegas. Uh-huh. That's a guy I was thinking about as the as the owner. Anyway, <laughs> guys, let, let's start. Uh, cryptocurrency, investing in cryptocurrency. Um, for some reason, Zambians, we are not very, I don't know, uh, investor savvy, if, 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 if you like. I, I, I don't know what's wrong with that. Tratino knows. Okay. So, where do we start from? Uh, tell us, uh, 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 Brian, uh, number one, what is cryptocurrency? Let's begin from there. Um, so it's basically, the, well, they call it decentralized finance, um, yeah. decentralized currency, because they don't want any government of, um, control yeah. over it. Um, but I think the, the, the term decentralized is used very loosely in the sense that in as much as it's decentralized and there's no interference from any government, there's a lot, there are a lot of dependencies um, on which cryptocurrency depends on. Uh, one is electricity. It, it takes a lot of electricity. Yeah, I know. I see that. Cryptocurrency. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of technology behind it. Uh, so in a nutshell, to answer your question, it's just, um, decentralized currency, decentralized finance. Yeah, or decentralized. And um, it's not something we can touch. It is somewhere there, hidden in the... Right. It, it, it's, it, so the, the, the whole premise of the technology, the cryptography, is, 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 block, is based on the blockchain, mm-hmm. where one transaction has to be linked to another transaction creating like a hashtag between, yeah. between the two. So when you, when you make any changes to, to, the, to the previous transaction, then you alter the following transaction. So that in itself creates some level of security. Yeah, you know, yeah I like that. that. Um, um, you know, things cannot be manipulated without affecting, you know, the next block of transactions. Okay. Right. Um, your 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 take on cryptocurrency. Uh, my take on cryptocurrency. Um, I think it changes the way we do things financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it gets rid of the need of having a bank. Because now it takes that power that the bank has on your money and it puts it in your hands. <laughs> and um, if you want to send your money across the world to China, Africa, you could do that in the. In a, in a couple minutes, whereas you have to wait like three to five days dealing with uh, bank for bank transfers and stuff like that. And when it comes to what he was telling me about the blockchain and cryptography, it's, I want to say, unhackable because let's say you're sending a transaction across the world. Um, every computer that verifies Bitcoin has to have the same answer when it comes to where the money is going to. 
So that path can be altered. Let's say you send somebody money, nobody could hack your transaction and send it somewhere else. It has to go to from point A to point B with no interference, right. if that makes sense. It, it does, but the confusion is both parties would be anonymous. I don't understand that. Why the anonymity? Uh, the, the, both the sender and the, the receiver, they could mm-hmm. be unknown. Uh, according to what uh, what what I'm reading, Roger. But, yeah, it's most are pseudo anonymous, meaning that they're they're anonymous, but you can find out who sent what where or what wallet. Most are pseudo anonymous. There are, however, privacy coins like Monero, and with Monero you can't hack. You cannot find out who sent what where. Not yet, and um, so they're pseudo anonymous. And that's one of the that's one of the uh, the attractive things about and and this, let me make a distinction. So, as far as energy consumption, you know, if you're running a proof of work consensus like Bitcoin, then you have to mine the coin, and to, or in order to mine, you have to solve certain mathematical problems which require, and I, I don't want to get into the technical part of it, but that yeah. a, lot of yeah. computer, a lot of computer power. And so with Bitcoin, it does take a lot of electricity, but not all, not all the, the other altcoins, which are not Bitcoin, but they're still cryptocurrency, they don't run that. They run proof of stake or something else, which doesn't really take that much power. And, um, and compared to the normal banking system, Definitely, it doesn't even take as much power as that. Um, I, I think I just needed to, to, to clear that up a little bit. Now, there are three use cases for something like Bitcoin. I'm going to talk about Bitcoin as opposed to the other altcoins right yeah. now. No, no, actually, we're going to talk about all the coins. Yeah, right, right, right. But in all of them, with all of them, there's, there's a medium of exchange, meaning using it for goods and services. Um, their store of value, which means um, you get it and you hold it and it goes up in value. Um, and it is a unit of account, which I won't really get into. But right now they're being used for a store of value for the most part for Bitcoin, but for all the other altcoins, there's various coins that people are starting to use for medium of exchange meaning to yeah. buy things. Bitcoin is so valuable, people are reluctant to use it to buy stuff right now because it's going up. Okay. JB, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Yeah. <coughs> we want to see how we can participate, uh, especially as uh, Zambian. Uh, Brian, are you holding any cryptocurrency at the moment? Um, right now, I only have um, uh, Cardano. So, so for for me, so I have a network of friends that are in different uh, investment vehicles, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, only and the, and the reason I do that is it takes a lot of time to investigate or research most of you know the things that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I have this one friend that is very good with cryptocurrency. He reads all the white papers, and you know he tells me that this is this is the way. And then I do my little bit of research and and, and, and get into that. Yeah. So yeah, right now I only have Cardano because Cardano is 
they're, well, they are saying that it's going to replace Ethereum um, because it's, it's, it's got a lot of features that Ethereum does not have. So I have Cardano. Um, and the, the one thing that I wanted to just quickly bring up is that these exchanges that trade uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, most of them are not linked together. So one yeah. cryptocurrency can be trading for a, a, a different price on this one exchange and another one can be trading at a you know, different rate. So I had one person approach me to, to write code that, well, the code is already there, but they wanted me to like kind of change it and deploy it with a robot where this script, it's called the smart contract, would go on different exchanges and take advantage of, um, you know, arbitrage opportunities, buy from this, and then, you know, you can set it up in such a way that if the, if the price of this exchange is lower than this, you can buy from this exchange and sell it at this exchange. So there are a lot of exchanges, a lot of cryptocurrencies out there. You just have to pick which one fits your need. And you have, there's a lot of research that you have to do. It's not something that you can just blindly uh, get into. And let me add something to what he said. Before you say what you say, are you uh, already participating uh, in the space, uh, Yona? Yes, I've been in the cryptocurrency world for like four years now. Four years, okay. So you <laughs> tell us some experience. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Roger, uh, Yona is my crypto manager. So he, he, he's really good at it. Okay, okay. We, 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 we are going to create something here, something going, a community uh, for the Zambian uh, uh, diaspora. We really need to. Thank, thank you, Ambria, for saying that. Uh, go ahead, Yona. So, Where have um, you been? Man. Uh, I don't know. I've just been working. Honestly. I'm kind of just in the background, just learning what I can learn. Yeah. But yeah, when I first learned about them, it really intrigued me. Uh, the fact of, like you said, it's if you really wanted to, you could be 100% in control of all of your money, and then you decide what you want to do with it. But what you need to understand is there's two types of cryptocurrencies. One is a security token, and another is a utility token. So a security token is more like a stock. This is what, uh, let's say, uh, like Bitcoin is. It's just something that people buy, and it goes up in value. And then a utility token is what a company can start. Like a company can start a cryptocurrency. For example, let's say you wanted to start a bank and your customer base could use that coin as their specific uh, currency of choice when it comes to using the whole ecosystem. And to like put that in context, you guys can understand it. There's this company called Pundi that is creating point of sale systems where businesses can accept cryptocurrency as payment. And the Pundi coin is the main coin in use, if that makes sense. So that's a utility token, meaning a company will start their own cryptocurrency and they use that coin uh, for their customer base. And then a security token is just uh, somewhere where people could buy the coin as a store of value and it goes up in price over time. That's what Bitcoin is. If you followed Yona, um, what is happening, especially with uh, PayPal, I know PayPal now I can buy cryptocurrency uh, through them, uh, but they are making a huge purchase uh, in Israel. Uh, the thinking is that PayPal would like us 
if you have um, cryptocurrency, you can now make a payment like a legal tender uh, using. Uh, have you followed the, uh, that rule? Um, not no. that specific article, okay. no. But it's uh, it's a lot of businesses are having to adapt. A lot of countries are having to adapt to accepting crypto as payment because yeah. you know fiat currencies are slowly dying out. And I don't <laughs> think a lot of people realize that. I had an argument with my friend yesterday. I was telling him he thinks there is no way government uh, will, will allow that. Talk to us, Brian. How do I buy cryptocurrency? How do I buy cryptocurrency? Um, there, it depends. There are a lot of other. There are a lot of exchanges like um, Uphold, uh, Bitrex, Coinbase, uh, Voyager. Um, these. These exchanges are not like they, they they cannot find each and every um, coin or cryptocurrency that you you want to get into on um, all of these exchanges. Say for instance, if you want to buy um, Cardano, um, you would not likely find it on Coinbase. So you have to open up like different exchanges. Um, oh wow! Where can you can purchase the, the cryptocurrencies of interest? And, and and just to add on, um, you know, most there's there's a lot of hype, of course, with cryptocurrencies, but there are a lot of other um, technology companies that have to be looked at in as a whole in terms of investment that are tied to cryptocurrency. There there are companies that you know offer technology that is tied to cryptocurrency. Um, there are companies that offer security um, as far as you know helping government track money laundering that is still tied to cryptocurrency. So in addition to investing in cryptocurrency, you can also invest in stocks of these companies that are tied to cryptocurrency. Okay. Fiona or JB, where are you? JB is uh, up and down. Uh, or should I ask uh, Patrick, why should someone listening to a discussion today, why do you need to invest in cryptocurrency? We've seen the fluctuations. They can be bad, uh, Patrick. They can be really be bad. But cryptocurrency is the way to go. Why should I invest in cryptocurrency? Because the world is changing, and uh, you need to adapt. So you need to understand that, um, like the like the paper money. Uh, the way things are going, it's, it's yeah. been on a decline in value. So um, let's say in like five to 20 years, paper money could be completely gone. And if you still don't know how to use cryptocurrency, how to transfer Bitcoin to somebody, then uh, you're at a big disadvantage because you'd be left behind in the financial world. You need to say that again. Um, if you don't understand cryptocurrencies, yeah. in about five to 10 years, you'd be at a big disadvantage because the whole world is moving towards that direction. And if you don't know what you're doing, then it's going to be really hard for you. Because it's like you could hold $100,000 in dollars, but in like 10, 20 years, that $100,000 you have could be totally worthless. You know, it already happened in Venezuela, and it's slowly happening around, around the world. Okay. So you put some chill uh, in my spine, meaning... People have no choice, but at least to know something about cryptocurrency. 
you, you may not hold the, the coins, you may not start participating, but at least you should start learning something about a Patricia. Yes, I can hear. Okay. Hearing and there are two different things. No, I understand what you're talking about, which is very useful. I didn't know about the learning about it today. Yeah, learning about it today. If you will be at a great disadvantage if you don't know anything about the crypto currency today in the next five years. In Canada, where I am here, cash is almost has disappeared. Okay, we use the cards and them. I was listening to this other guy who was saying the banks are so slow in adapting to the current situation. And this is where the space, the cryptocurrency uh, is going to, uh, to, to come in. I, I, I like that. I don't know, Nathan, you have a comment before we go on with these guys. They tell people. Banks, the banks have to, be, to drag their feet because they are pro protecting their, the services they provide and they are, what's the word? Their way of doing business and doing things, you know, you know, institutions that have been in existence forever, they all, they always respond that. Yeah. Way. My yeah. question or comment is that uh, where did this start from? How many? How much of this is going on around the world? Where is it most prevalent? Brian, you want to take that? In terms of in terms of what? In, ter in terms of uh, Activity, trading, whichever technologies used. Acceptance, so to say. Let's say Africa. Where is this most happening? Okay. Oh, oh, and Africa, I can answer you in Africa. <laughs> Kenya, and, Kenya and Nigeria. Only two countries. Right. Um, well, um, a lot of coins are, uh, I guess, minted in the U.S. and China. Because mm -hmm. um, that's where most of the technology is to support and, and the technology, the infrastructure to support this industry. Um, I think that the lag with, with Africa will probably be in the technology space. Uh, but as far as adapting, when they have technology that can support the adaptation, mm -hmm. it will be easy for them to get on. But then China and the U.S. are definitely the trendsetters. And then the, the other factor is that there are a lot of corporations that are you know, going behind the infrastructure to support uh, cryptocurrency, both in China and, and, and in America. So uh, well, the Western world would basically be the, in the forefront of, of this industry. So well, from what you have explained here, uh, what you're saying is that this is tied to how advanced technologically a place, a country is, to, to, to enable this to work effectively. Right. Uh, let me piggyback on what Yona said about currencies phasing away. So is that statement relevant globally or it is in certain places where this is taking place? So for, for, for things to be connected, you, you need to forgive the way I'm coming out here. My mind works in a certain way. So if this is connected to technology, to what extent does it help 
or does it where does this put let's say africa in general if i may put it that way where does it put those countries that are technologically still in the 70s or 60s if you want well in a way for companies that are moving behind this technology for them to be able to do business with mm-hmm. with countries in africa so to speak in a way they're going they're going to have to support the infrastructure set up in africa for them to continue to do business like so like with <clears throat> all these exchanges that deal in cryptocurrency they are open 24 hours a day 7 days a week and like the stock market where it's like you know 4 uh, 9:30 eastern time to 4 Hmm. Cryptocurrency trading is 24/7. Okay. So we're going to, they're going to have to support the infrastructure set up in Africa to be able to sustain this for them to be able to do business with countries in Africa. That's that's the way I see it. That's the that's where I see it going. Okay. And, and part of the short answer, uh, Brian, cryptocurrency is where is my cell phone? Where my cell phone is right there. Right. That is where your two to buy to to do your trade is all right on your cell phone right patrick, on your cell phone okay patrick wants to come in before he comes in patrick let me throw in this question as well so africa in general apart from kenya nigeria as you have said you've told us i think roger you mentioned it so even if zambia per se even if togo malawi sudan may not be technologically up there I run an operation in Malawi which is technologically advanced I can participate in this even though my country in general is not technologically advanced is that a reasoning I don't know Patrick you want to respond to that since you want to say yeah. something um I think one of the things we're talking about crypto that that's kind of confusing is that those of us and I'm on the technology side so I When, when when speaking about this what happens is we start talking about it and you know the normal person doesn't get as much out of it because they just want to know how do i access it how do i buy it what are the advantages mm-hmm. what, what what kind of returns am i supposed to get what is the outcome right um i think so i I'll, i'll go from there so we're talking about countries and technologies for the normal average everyday person If you have an internet connection with a computer whether it is your handheld mobile or it is a desktop at home or a laptop or you know a, a, an iPad whatever it is if you have adequate internet connection mm-hmm. you can participate you can okay. buy you can store and you can send and you you can receive it's just that simple now which ones and all that i mean that's a different discussion but essentially if you have internet connection and a computer mobile phone whatever you have if you have those things you can buy you yeah. can send you can receive and you can store so good that that's it patrick you i think for my for my cousin roger you know when when i'm talking i'm thinking about my relatives where they're out in zambia who are not in lusaka okay that's patrick good that answers the question for me for my cousin moto in livingstone 
let's do it, my brother. Let's invest. So he just needs accessibility well, that, that, to Wi-Fi, that, that, right? That needs to be qualified just a, a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. Why only two countries uh, we have? Um, I don't know this thing that, with, with, uh, with IT. Uh, so certain countries are not yet in there. According that's, that's, to and your that, that, that's incorrect, Roger. That's incorrect. Uh, Cryptocurrency is all over the continent. Trust people me. have wallets. People have wallets, and I think in every country on the continent. Okay. 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 So, so I, I don't think when looking at, I think they did a scan. I know it was over a year ago, and they were looking. I think most every country on the continent had there was a wallet address. Where, where is uh, JB? I saw JB uh, coming here. Uh, he is the one I think who reported uh, in, in Zambia uh, there is uh, a problem to, to, to it. So mm -hmm. if that is true, we are going to keep in, in, in investigating. Uh, Yona, Brian, and the other teams, we need to create a very nice uh, community, cryptocurrency community for, for the diaspora. So you guys can give us the information. We don't have. I don't know anything. I've just been coming for the last two days. Anyway, let's listen to uh, this guy. Kadano, um, you, you are holding Kadano Brian. This is your CEO here. Let's hear what he has to say. And I'm going to buy Kadano for one reason. He's very strong. I think he's very strong in Africa. Uh, let's hear what he has to say. The reality is that Africa is not a poor continent and African nations collectively are not poor. They are rather a situation where they have tremendous potential and real wealth, but that wealth is inaccessible due to bad systems and difficulty globalizing the nation states. And this is both a disadvantage and a tremendous opportunity. The reality is when you look to the future, you don't wanna to go to where the puck is. You wanna to go to where the puck will be. In other words, you want to go where the economies are going to grow the fastest and the greatest opportunity. We saw this a long time ago in the 1980s with the surging of China. It was a common notion in the 1980s amongst people in Wall Street and London and Japan and other places that China was a very poor nation with many systemic problems. But amongst the very specialized actors who truly understood where things were going, they realized that changes in those systems had built up to a position where China in just a few short decades would become one of the richest and most powerful nations in the world. Similarly, when you look at the demographics of Africa, you look at the generation that will take custodianship of the continent. You see people over 70% in the case of Ethiopia who are at or under the age of 30, who grew up with a cell phone in their hand, who grew up as digital natives on the internet with the same access to knowledge as I have and the same access to education as I have, thanks to MOOCs, thanks to YouTube and other free platforms that exist. And so the bridge of human capital has occurred and you have a group of people who are tremendously ambitious and impatient and will not tolerate the bureaucracy of the past and will not tolerate uh, the sins of the past. Whatever systems stand in their way of progress will soon come collapsing down. And in that wake, that vacuum is a marketplace for new systems. Okay, Nathan, we also add on to your answer there. People, just their mobile phones, they will be able to do 
to do to do wonders uh, with uh, uh, the. the and, and and you hear the two things that he said there for me that stand out: real wealth, bad system. Real wealth, Africa's got real wealth, but the problem is bad systems. Like 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 we said at the beginning, we have all these things we discuss. We have the conferences. We put things there, but and then it all does. I, I really want to see the Africa continental free trade area thing work. It, it needs to work. Yeah. Because. How much? Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. I just wanted to say because we need to move away from this system of looking at the European Union and the United States and China for that matter for for what 1.2 billion people. That's a very big. Yeah, that's a that's a lot. Of, that's a lot. Mm. How much is the crypto currency? Uh, um, I mean, if you're looking at, there is probably hundreds of different cryptocurrencies. You know, one Bitcoin is what close to fifty, sixty thousand dollars right now. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to spend fifty or sixty thousand dollars to invest in it. You can spend a hundred dollars. And what a lot of people don't realize is, one Bitcoin is broken up into something called satoshis. So uh, 100,000 Satoshis, I believe, maybe I'm, yeah, it's 100,000 Satoshis or 1,000, but I believe it's 100,000 mm -hmm. is one Bitcoin. So you can still spend like, what, $100 and get a few Satoshis? Because right now, Bitcoin, yes, it's expensive at $60,000, but if you look at the overall pictures, that is still cheap compared to what Bitcoin will be in the future, if that makes sense. So honestly, <laughs> my realistic... Yeah. Uh, what I feel like Bitcoin will be worth like over a million dollars 20 years from now. Because right now only like 1% to like 3% of the world population really uses crypto. But it's innovative. It changes the financial system. It works better than what we have today. So once people start realizing, oh, I can do this a lot better, you know, all the money starting to flood into crypto as more money wants to start hitting like 5 trillion, yeah. 10 trillion, 100 trillion, uh, market cap, then the amount of money that you could make just by holding certain cryptos is limitless. Brian, why do I get anything to, to that? How much it costs? I think he has answered it. Um, well, yeah. It's, like I said, I think there are a lot of other um, uh, cryptocurrencies that uh, people can invest in. Like currently, uh, Cardano is a dollar eighteen cents. Um, oh, Cardano uh, is that cheap, yeah? Yes. It, um, when when I was when my cryptocurrency expert friend told me about Cardano, it was a dollar three cents. So it, it 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 really depends on what you want to get into, how much research you have done, uh, and then you know what exchange you need to get on those on that type of cryptocurrency that you're looking to get into. So oh, can I add something? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'd like to add something. Uh, this is a strategy that I use and me and my friends, and I've actually helped my mentors make a bunch of money. Um, when new companies create cryptos, the value is super cheap, like pennies on the dollar. So if you spend right. $100, $200, it'll give you 
a thousand, a hundred thousand, even a million coins, depending on how much money you put in. And when the value of that certain crypto hits a dollar, you could make a million dollars if you have a million coins. Right. For example, um, my favorite crypto to invest in is a company called Pundi. Um, you guys should Google it, P-U-N-D-I. And what they're doing is they're giving businesses a infrastructure to accept cryptocurrency as payments. And right now their crypto is worth like, it's almost worth a penny. I bought it when it was worth like 0. 0.0003. And, you know, I've, I've made quite a bit of money off of it and it's still going up. So I feel like that's a really good investment. And if you buy some right now, if it hits a dollar, you can really 10x your money. You can turn $100 into like $10,000. Oh, what's the name again? Uh, Pundi. P-U-N-D-I. Um, it's definitely not on U.S. exchanges yet. I know they have their own app called X Wallet. You can probably get it on the app store. And this is how you can possibly, like I said, turn a couple hundred dollars into thousands of dollars. You know, I've made in one weekend, I've made like two, three thousand dollars in one weekend just by holding cryptocurrencies without trading, just buying and holding and just because the markets are going up, everything's going to crypto. So if you own these cryptos, buy them early, then you're ahead of the game because in like one to five years, you could be sitting on millions just by putting like a thousand dollars in. Right? How many types are there, and what's the? Oh, there are, there are. I don't, I don't want to say there are millions. There are thousands. That's a... no, okay. <laughs> Let's leave it there. Yeah. What are the? What are the? What are the? Which are the ones which are trading most? If that's the right language. Yeah, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, uh, like you said, Cardano, XRP. Uh, there's like I have a top fifty list. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody is interested in, I, I don't mind sending them to them. Just find me on Instagram or Facebook. I'll send them to you. Uh, I help people purchase them. Some people don't even want to deal with it, and I'll buy and hold it for them. Um, it's just, I feel like people really should learn this stuff. Because like I said, it changes everything financially. Yeah, it does. So when when I was um, opening up these exchanges, like I was, I was looking to buy Cardano, uh, it was funny that what one friend of mine said that you could open this exchange and another exchange, then put the US dollar in this exchange, then move whatever, like say, say you buy Bitcoin, then move that Bitcoin to this other exchange to be able to buy what you're looking for. But then I found one exchange that actually I could transfer the money to directly or use my debit card to, to you know, to purchase it. So there's, there are a lot of these nuances that you kind of mm-hmm. have to go past. Um, and then other exchanges, they look for so much information to verify your identity. So it's like, the, you know, you scan your driver's license or whatnot. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's um, and, and, and that's the other thing, like, those are U.S. exchanges. So there are other exchanges, like in China. Um, but then the question of trust comes in. Um, you know, how much do you trust those exchanges in China? Because if you're trying to buy crypto in, in the U.S. exchange and you're in Africa, you definitely cannot because the verification of, of your identity will, you know, yeah. will, will not work. And so to add what, on to what... Uh, what type of verification do they look for? You just said if you, I'm in Africa, then it becomes a challenge. So what's the universal acceptable idea? If, if, Right. If if you're on, you're trying to get on a U.S. exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're outside the U.S. 
you know, that verification of identity becomes a problem. But then if the exchange that you're trying to get on to is, is a Chinese uh, exchange, I, I don't know how the Chinese exchange works. I only, I'm only on U.S. exchanges. So that's another thing to be on the lookout. But I think you know would probably have more um, information on that because it's on X Wallet. Oh yeah, um, I would. I like uh, the. Okay, so there's two types of exchanges. There's like decentralized exchanges, which means nobody owns that exchange, and then there's like centralized exchange, meaning a company owns an exchange. So my favorite exchange is Binance. Um, I want to say. It's somebody from China owns it, but it's not really a Chinese organization. But what it comes down to is securing your cryptocurrencies. It really doesn't matter what exchange you use. Uh, it's all about how you securely store them. And mm. uh, it's a two-factor authenticator, meaning if you send a request to send money, uh, you have to be notified before you approve that transaction, whether it's through text, through like an app called Google Authenticator, through email. Uh, it's just making sure you have that second step of security just in case you are hacked. Um, nobody can send money without you verifying. Okay. Uh, Patrick shared the website here for those listening on radio and watching here. Uh, coinmarketcap.com. Cap is CAP. Coinmarketcap.com. Mm-hmm. It's a place to go to see the latest crypto prices and market capitalization um so that's well i'm sure people are learning from this roger and And, and just to add on like with any kind of investment there has to be some level of uh, diversification you just Mm. can't put all your money in one you know basket um and i I see this a lot with some of my friends you you know you, you buy into cryptocurrency you buy into technology stocks that support cryptocurrency, you know, you buy into different industries, sectors, whatnot, but just putting your money in one is, is not a good, it's not a good idea. And then the other thing is, you know, people have to build up this personality of uh, being able to hold on even when, you know, it's going down. Yeah. I can give you a good example of a friend of mine. He has, 500 shares of actually 600 shares of Square. Square is uh, like a you know like Cash App, right? Mm-hmm. Cash App is yeah, one of Cash App. <clears throat> so years ago, Square went up to 90, $99, right? So he, he made a good amount of money. Then I was like, dude, just sell it. He's like, no, no, I'm gonna hold on. Then it dropped down to 35, and he was still holding on. Now Square is over 200 dollars. You know, the highest it's been in the last few months was like $270. So you have to build up that personality of holding on even when things are, you know, going bad. And sometimes the other strategy is when, when things go, go down, you actually add more. So that when on the upturn, you know, you make more money, you bring down your average cost. So, Roger, okay. So the guy listening, uh, uh, Yona, uh, like uh, Brian is saying here, those who are, who are not as strong at heart, what happens uh, with the swings of the, uh, the crypto? What, what encouragement would you, would you give them? Because the swings can be, can be quite deep. Okay. Um, so 
what I do is I'm a long-term, uh, more of a long-term investor. Yeah. So I'm a, you know, buy and hold person. So I kind of break up my income into three sections and I break it up into investment, 33% investment, 33% in savings, and then uh, 33% back in the business and like spending money. So that 33%, I just put it in the crypto market and forget about it because it's going to go up and down. So this isn't money I recommend you put in the market that you need. This is something if you save money already, then why not have the money you're saving grow over time? Because if right now, uh, yes, it'll go up and down, but up and down on an uptrend over time. Right. right. So um, if you are somebody that's going to panic sell and you see it going down and you're going to sell immediately, then this is not for you. But if you <laughs> are patient and you're actually willing to hold through those downtimes, then it will be worth, it will be really valuable because every time it goes down, it shoots up and goes to an all-time high. And um, like I said, right now we're just in the beginning. This is, yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. It's the beginning. So <laughs> at the beginning, yeah. um, it's the risk is really low right now. Um, one to five years. If you buy today, one to five years, like I said, a hundred dollars could turn into hundreds of thousands of dollars just by only altcoins. You know, it sounds too good to be true saying it, but it's actually the reality. Uh, I've seen twenty dollars turn into five hundred dollars. You know? Yeah. So in short, your your, your advice it will be buy uh, uh, Thirty percent. Thirty percent sounds quite uh, deep. Um, what, what's the minimum you would want someone to do? Thirty percent for a paycheck to go uh, into. I don't know. Oh, I mean, yeah. It just depends. It just depends on you know everybody's income is different. I right. Just um, instead of going out to a bar or going out to spend money at the mall, that money, mm-hmm. uh, you know, half of that or something, put it in the crypto market and save it, invest it. Um, and for those of you that haven't got into the crypto space, I think a very easy app to use is crypto.com. Uh, it's available in the U.S. And they actually send you out a debit card so you can convert your Bitcoin, your Ethereum, your crypto to uh, a Visa card. And you can transfer it and spend money anyway. Uh, I think that's probably the best user-friendly app. Um, and for those of you that are more investors, uh, what I'm working on with a few of my partners is to bring crypto to Zambia. So mm-hmm. like a crypto ecosystem so people could convert um, money to uh, crypto to money, uh, you know, some type of Bitcoin ATM system. And uh, probably it will, probably won't be ready to like a whole year or two from now, but that's just something I'm working on. If somebody's interested in getting involved with that, just reach out to me. I got a lot of projects coming. I haven't really made announcements yet, but I yeah. think that would be really good for Zambia. Yeah, of uh, course. Of course. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think with what Yona is saying, the, the, the whole idea, the premise is to create a huge network of like-minded people. Uh, that does help a lot. Um, not one person can do everything, you know, all at once. So, you know, different people have different knowledge base. So if you bring that into your community, that, that definitely helps a lot. Uh, very, very uh, in, in, interesting. Uh, the, the same technology guys uh, 
which is uh, actually in, uh, in blockchain. Uh, according to what they are saying, is uh, it will change a lot of uh, things, uh, say, in, in, in land transactions. So Africa needs to be, uh, let, let me find uh, this, uh, this video. Okay, let me play this video. <coughs> um, where am I? Okay. Give me one second, I apologize for that, okay? In this video, the guys are in Kenya, they are talking about the future of uh, cryptocurrency and uh, the areas it, it will cover as, the, as, as we go. Uh, let's listen, it is just a one minute uh, video. Uh, hear what the guys in Kenya uh, are saying. Unstoppable mm. uh, right now. It's a huge revolution. And like um, my colleagues here have said, it's, now people have been able to separate the currencies, the cryptocurrencies and the underlying technology. And that is going to be applied. The technology will be applicable across so many sectors. I think we'd be excited, like you mentioned, when, uh, for example, our banks can use, I think right now, most of the financial institutions, big, I mean, what they are sought, they are not only studying blockchain, they are trying to see how do we replicate this uh, technology. Uh, like you mentioned, the Ministry of Land, that will be a huge, a big deal for Kenya because then the madness that we see, for example, 10 people owning one piece of land, that we'll be stop. able to eliminate some Kenya. of these um, issues in insurance when you're talking about whether it's Kenya power. So it will be, it's, it is the next big, if it is not already, the big thing All right. right now. Isaac, for you, your closing remarks? Uh, I would really encourage Kenyans and Africans not to be left behind. Uh, we are used to coming too way later and becoming slaves again of the same people to the system. To the system. Right. Uh, we can we, we can say well let's be slow and careful on adopting for example cryptocurrency but blockchain technology uh, when I look for example at the coffee and, the, and, 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 and avocados in Kenya, tea, and the elimination of the middleman who has always been a major problem to the farmers, uh, Africans refusing to accept blockchain will be just killing ourselves. All right, Wangesh, let me come back to you, closing remarks, and then I would love to hear from Tilen. Mm. Um, let's write this wave. It's not just a wave, it's the future. Mm. Basically, um, Kenyans get information, get proper information. Right. Don't say, don't keep asking, have you joined Bitcoin? You cannot join Bitcoin. It's like saying, have I joined Kenyan Shilling? You earn Kenyan Shilling or, you know, you basically invested or something. Um, so they need to get proper information. People who are guaranteeing you 1% every day, 1%, do your homework mm. and don't just jump in into things blindly. Get people to advise you, people who are trustworthy mm. to, you know, to guide you. Build a cryptocurrency portfolio. Don't be fixated with Bitcoin. It's not just, you know, build a portfolio. Mm. And basically, there's a future in, in the cryptocurrency and the blockchain technology. All right. Chile, for you, what are your closing remarks? Um, for me, my closing remarks are uh, blockchain uh, is going to drive uh, business and government transaction going into the future. For those who want to invest in cryptos, I'd advise you to try and look uh, for people who have done research into the cryptocurrency space so that you can get ideas on what is driving these currencies. There are more than a thousand today. Uh, they're still coming up. China even banned uh, the issue of uh, ICOs because uh, there are too many cropping up. So you want to talk to somebody who can be able to give you an opinion on how the future will look with regards to cryptos before right. you invest your money. Okay, um, 
my only way to that is uh, why the Kenyan uh, brand, remember I was doing a house in, in Delaware. It was a Kenyan who took me there. <laughs> they, they are very aggressive. What, what is wrong with that kind? You know, the Kenyans are so aggressive. I think that if you, if you, if you read into what one of the um, commentators there was saying is that you have to create a network of, of people that have researched these things and, yeah. you know, you gain the knowledge from them. Uh, and this is one thing that I've uh, found with Kenyans. I, one of my best friends here now is a Kenyan guy. He has a huge network. These guys work together. Um, they're always wanting to learn new things, you know, so they can, you know, invest whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the idea is pretty simple, you know, create a network of friends that, you know, can read into these things, do a lot of research. Everybody has the same playing ground now. We all have access to the internet. There's a lot of information out there that we can read into and um, and learn more, you know, things from. Yeah. Uh, like right now I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to definitely get into Yona's network, you know, and yeah, that's important uh, because you see, Yona, the project you mentioned about going into Zambia, it, I, I don't think you should be saying one year or two years. I think jump into it, dive into it. It, it needs to be, I mean, if Kenya is where they are, why can't we be where they are? That, that's my thing. Well, oh. I, 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 yeah, go ahead, lady. What's your name, ladies, guys? Go ahead. No, you know, you know, I I don't know if you guys remember late Marcela Landi. She used to live in Las Vegas. Yes. Marcela used to preach cryptocurrency every day for the last six years, and everybody thought she was crazy. I wish we had all listened. May her story in peace. Yeah, I think I think uh, usually in life, uh, until that light bulb comes on, you know, most most people will not pay attention to what others are saying. But when you begin to realize that you know something is happening, then it's because because my thing is like you can't have a vision for somebody until they see the vision. It becomes very difficult. So once you people come to that realization that what these people are talking about is important, then they will definitely be able to. Go. You know, buy into the idea, and the, again, the thing is education, education, education. This is why on uh, on this broadcast, uh, uh, we, we we'll be putting at least fifteen minutes. Bring all your your buddies, at least every week, uh, have a, a report. What is happening? What is what is the news uh, in the in the in the in the crypto space, as they say? What is the, what is happening? Uh, so that those slow, uh, slow movers, uh, slow movers can 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 catch up. We are definitely going to. I I opened two accounts just the other day. Uh, you know, you talked about one, Crypto.com, and mm-hmm. the other one is. But then I had it based in Hong Kong, but I'm scared. Hong Kong with the Chinese there, so I didn't want to do anything. Um, I don't I don't know. There, there are a lot of uh, exchanges in uh, um, Canada. Yeah, there, 
I think the best, if you worried about like location-based exchanges, uh, I'd probably work with uh, Coinbase. I think that's a US US um, based. And if you want access to more cryptos, there's Coinbase Wallet, um, where you can just hold wallet. It's not really a exchange per se. It's just like a um, a bank account on your phone that you uh, have to secure. Um, I think. I would do a lot of research on crypto security, uh, at least wallets and holding it, because it really doesn't matter where a um, exchange is located. It's about protecting your wallet, aka a yeah. bank account. Oh, yeah. uh, so even if it's I read even, that. yeah. So even if it's like a exchange based in China, if you have your private keys secured, then even the company itself can't take your money. It's all about how you secure your cryptos. So me, I, I use- In, like in other ways, don't keep your money in the exchange. Uh, keep no, 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 that, yeah, no. you can keep your money in exchange, keep wow. your your keys, your private keys. Yeah. Uh, look, yeah. at, look up, go to YouTube and look up what are private keys. Keep those secure. If you lose that key, that, that's it. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of articles online where people invested in Bitcoin and they lost their uh, access keys or you know private keys. Mm-hmm. Now Bitcoin is worth so much and they can't have they can't access their <laughs> their, their money. You know, so that's um, why like you have to be very secure. I, I just I want to on the whole security thing. Just remember. No keys, no cheese. If you don't own those private keys, then, then the, the crypto that you think you own, you do not own. Right. So if you're on a public, um, if you're on a Binance or a Coinbase or something like that, and you have coins on there, those are centralized exchanges. You do not control those private keys. You send those coins to your private wallet where you do control the keys, and I think that's very, very important because what people have to understand is now what's happening is you are your own bank, which means that the security for your funds is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. This is something that's very difficult. Nobody's going to come and help you if you don't take the proper precautions and something happens to your coins. There's no, there's no governmental structure to go to to get redress. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, that responsibility, <laughs> that responsibility, is yours and yours alone. Okay. And uh, that's one of the things that people have to come to grips with. If you want to be your own bank, then you have to take this seriously. And that's uh, if you yeah. want to hold a private wallet. Uh, you can use a public wallet where they hold your keys and uh, they keep up with your stuff. But like you said, uh, let's say if they get hacked. Um, which, which is the chances of it happening are low, but if they get hacked and your money can get stolen, whereas if you own your private keys, then uh, you're just 100% in control of what happens. Uh, we can continue this conversation, Roger. Is, uh, like Patrick has suggested, maybe we can do a show where we just uh, walk, people, walk, walk through how to do this. We're running out of time on the radio side. We have two minutes. Uh, just a big announcement here. The month of April, we are going political. Our guest next week to begin that process or that 
that month-long political journey is going to be the recently appointed UPND Secretary General. We're going to be discussing with him the party structures, their strategy to win the 2021 election, and uh, how they are doing things and all those things. So that's what will be happening in the month of April, everybody. And uh, Roger, this conversation needs to continue on the, this currency. Yeah, and now we will be uh, scheduling at least. Um, uh, Yona, uh, I've sent you a message there. Uh, I need your phone. I, I, I'll call you. Uh, with yeah. this, this, this community, or oh, in, in the chat. I don't know if you're using your cell phone. You can't see the chat. I don't know. Um, but um, we, we, we need to start as soon as possible, yeah. uh, especially the members of the diaspora, those who are in mm. diaspora. We, uh, we have no reason uh, why we shouldn't be uh, in, uh, in this thing. So guys, thank you, thank you so much for, um, for your time. Um, but let's say grow this community. Let's grow this thing. Uh, it doesn't cost much to buy, like you, like you said. Um, yeah. So we'll move, uh, we'll move uh, from, from, uh, from there. Those who called uh, online, Miss um, Patricia, Miss Chloe, uh, who else? Those who are on the radio. Yeah, uh, Dr. Among, um, we have Dr. Chongo here. I am about Sewe and all those on the radio as we wind up here. Join us next week at the same time. We're going to have a big discussion here uh, with UPND General Secretary. Yeah. All right. so, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do this. Let's make money. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.